Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I have my buddy, Paul, all the way from Australia, where it's late at night right now, and <laughs> he's on. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, all good. Good, good. good. To see you. Good to see you. Today, we are going to chat about this gem right here. Uh, this is John's uh, first solo album. Uh, it was a soundtrack um, for Young Guns 2 movie back in 1991. Um all of the songs were written by John. Um, it was produced by Danny Korchmore, I think was Danny his Korchmore, name. yeah. And, you know, pretty much the whole album and the movie, you know, is all about Billy the King and uh, Pat Garrett. And But I also think he was writing about the movie, but I also think that he was writing about himself and where he was at that point in his life, you know, because, you know, the, yeah. the band was massive in the 80s, you know, did four albums you know, two major headliner tours, and they were worn out, as you know, by the end of the New Jersey tour. And so it's funny that the, the New Jersey tour, it ended in uh, February of 1990. John started to write this album from April to June, and then it was released in August. It was a quick turnaround, yeah. Well, you know, he didn't take too much time to rest. You know, he was kind of back at it again. And, and I also think, too, that this was... Uh, a stage in his career too where he had to prove himself that no no disrespect to the band but i think he wanted to kind of prove to himself that he could still do it without the band you know, because at that time yeah. too they weren't sure where the band was was going at that point at the end of that tour i think that's very true you know the uh what what, what the future held was very much up on the air at the end of the jersey tour Exactly. So what's, what's your uh, overview on the album? What do you feel about it? Look, I mean, for me, the, this album was kind of the gateway into the whole um, the whole Bon Jovi. Um, uh, it, it was at that time where I was like 12, 13. It's the first album I ever bought um, from a, a particular artist. Um, and at that point in time, I wasn't really, you know, I was, a, I was like, I was aware of music. I was into it, but I was probably just paying attention to what was on top 40 radio and things like that and um but i was big into movies i'd started to really watch movies and i remember distinctly um at that point in time there was a few films that uh, as a 12 13 year old that i i was watching probably earlier than i should have been because of the but there was movies like robocop and big trouble in little china and uh Lost Boys and Young Guns, the original Young Guns was one of them. And I just remember distinctly, 12-year-old in England watching, there was a, there was a TV show on, and um, every Saturday morning in England uh, called The Chart Show. And basically what it would do is it's just show music videos, but it would have little captions at the bottom. And I just remember one Saturday morning this, this song came on, and... I was like, what's this? And the visuals start showing Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, clips from the Young Guns 2 movie long before it was... And I didn't know at that point. Obviously, it was long before the internet and anything like that. And, uh, I had no idea there was a sequel coming out until I saw this, but it was also... It was like, what is this song? What It was, it was just such a, a big thing to process. It was like, there's a new Young Guns movie coming out, but also it's like, it's 
it's this who's this 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 hairy rock god on the top of a mountain <laughs> singing this song that just sounds like nothing i've ever heard before um so once i heard that song i was kind of hooked and then the over the next couple of months the album came out the album came out a few months before the movie came out in the uk so i you know i, I just followed it and went and got the album and as soon as I heard it, it was kind of like it was like a it was a door opening experience into not just Bon Jovi but kind of rock music in general. I think so it was just it was kind of a pivotal moment in my life, and it's still it's still one of those albums that you know I probably go back to on a monthly basis. It's it's that it's that big of a deal to me. This 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 particular album. So this is the album that kind of started it all for you for your all of it, yeah, 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 um, totally. And it was from this, from you know, listening to this album and then kind of finding out who John Bon Jovi was, who Bon Jovi was, talking to kids at school and realizing that other kids were aware of it as well. And I distinctly remember this one day at school talking to this guy and he was like oh yeah John Bon Jovi's and it's band Bon Jovi and he a couple of weeks after I heard uh Blaze of Glory he gave me the New Jersey album and it was like oh whoa <laughs> it was like, like change everything like, oh, yeah yeah I, I bought Slippery and I bought 7800 and the uh, debut album and you know from then on it was just it, it, that just opened the door then it was like you know, listening to Aerosmith, Def Leppard, um, the heaviest stuff like Metallica, Pantera, all of it came from the, the Blaze of Glory album. And then other stuff like Springsteen and, you know, it all, this was where, this was the birth of it all for me. This is like the birth of my induction into rock music. Yeah, that's great. I remember the first time I heard this album. Uh, I was eight years old and I just became a fan of Bon Jovi. Well, with yeah. Christ when Crush was coming out in 2000, that's when I became a fan. I got that album, and I loved it so much, so I begged my dad to buy me another CD. <laughs> and this is the same time, too, when stores were, you could either buy it on CD or you could buy it on cassette. So yeah, my, yeah. my first album was uh, Crush on CD. And yeah. you know, come July of 2000, I wanted another one. I was like, oh, they're, you know, they're, because they had seven albums prior, including the solo and uh, so my dad said I could either get one CD or I can get two cassettes. So what are you going to do? As, as a new fan, you're like, okay, well, I can listen to two new albums. And so I got Crossroads and Blaze of Glory on cassette. So yeah. those my second and third albums that I bought. And I remember I, I loved Blaze of Glory and Crossroads so much that I played all the time on loop. And eventually it eat your tape. And so yeah. – so, Eventually, I got both CDs that summer. <laughs> yeah. but I remember the first time listening to this on cassette and stuff, and uh, I thought it was so good. And yeah, uh, you know, and I didn't know who Billy the Kid was. No, at that point, you wouldn't have known about the movie. Yeah, as, or, as like, yeah, just yeah, tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but I, I, I still appreciated the songs, and I, I really love the the finding the some of the songs and. Yeah. Uh, and you know, looking at the, you know, I I always watched the movie as I, when I became a teenager, and uh, it's a shame that only two of these songs made the album. Yeah, 
I made the movie. Uh, the sound. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, I yeah, made yeah, the yeah, yeah. That made the movie. Uh, Billy, get your guns in blaze of glory. Um, and this uh, was actually this album was awarded John a Golden Globe, and I think it was nominated for a Grammy and Academy Award. If I'm not mistaken, I think, not, I think they played at the Academy Awards. The whole band yeah. played at the Academy yeah. Awards. Um, yeah, yeah. But he, he got a Golden Globe for the album, um, and he, he also. Uh, appears in the movie for like a split second yeah split second you get shot yeah there's a scene where he blink and you miss it yeah, he gets, yeah. Um, yeah. and you can't yeah. even really notice him you know? no you have to actually you would have to actually pause the the, the, the thing just to see to see the, the scene he's in yeah exactly uh, and then one last thing before we get into the, the songs uh, another great thing that, that, about this album that it features Elton John, Little Richard, Jeff Beck, such an amazing, yeah, Jackson. I don't think we're getting any, you know those big names there. Uh, so that was kind of cool too that he was you know he was working with other artists and and so, you know back then you know these names were really big at the times so, and they still yeah. are. You know back then you know that was very uh, noble. And it was at the time where he was launching the Jamco label, and uh, he had Aldo Nova, who plays a big part on the album, um, was producing his Blood on the Bricks record at the same time, and John had a lot to do with that. Aldo Nova, I think his influence on this album in particular is pretty huge. He plays guitar on most of the tracks, and... um, Yeah, it it was a, a really interesting period for... For, for the evolution of John as a songwriter and uh, the basically what was going to become the next step, the next step for the band in yep. terms of the direction they were taking. Right, and, and you know, two more things before we get into the songs too. One was how the album started. You know how it, you know, so Amelia Estevez came to him to ask about um, if they could use Wanted, and yeah. John the script and say, you know, I can write you a whole new song. And he wrote, and we'll get to the story about how he wrote Blaze of Glory, but he wrote Blaze of Glory at a restaurant. And uh, and then he's like, you know what, I can write you a whole album. And then that's yeah. how it came about. And secondly, I know that he was so burnt out from touring, so I know that a tour was probably out of the question at that time. Yeah, yeah. I kind of would have loved to have seen John do a small, like kind of like what he did for Destination Anywhere in '97. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been kind of cool to see a lot of these songs play. I think because it was a soundtrack record, it was always going to be a one that was never. At that, yeah. maybe you know, if technology had been to the point where you could have done something more interactive, where you could have movie and yeah. And the, and an acoustic performance, but I don't think we were quite at that point. No. Back then, where he could have done that kind of thing. So, we, yeah, that was a. It's a shame that a lot of these songs have never been played live. Yep. Definitely. Well, let's start digging into the tracks. Uh, the first one's Billy Get Your Guns. And I think this is a great intro to the album. You know, I love when you hear Amelia Stavos in the beginning, hoo hoo, I'll make you famous. Yeah. And it's funny because before I had seen Young Guns, yeah, it was, so like I said, when I was eight years old watching or listening to this album, I thought that was John saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah. the movie that you know, I put two and two together. Uh, but it, it, obviously you've seen the movie too. I think this song is truly the story of Billy the Kid. 
it oh. captures it captures that character really well. I think it captures Emilio Estevez's performance across the two movies really well, and that he is he plays into the youthful kind of outlaw rock and roller, the Billy the Kid. He 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 nails that character really well in both films, and I think this song is a kind of a celebration of that character in a way that um, it it. It really does capture the character, but also Emilio Estevez's take on the character. I think it's one of those songs that, and it's a great rock song, essentially. Uh, that's what oh, yeah. called, uh, I mean, that from the opening, that riff, the riff is, is the a killer. The drums, you know, it's just such a. It's it's got so many different layers to it. It's really great song for the movie but it's also a great opening record uh, gr- opening track for the for the album um and it's yeah it's a it's a big it's a big statement you know it was the first time you would have heard john stepping away from the band and it's like well here we go this is a this is a great rock song that he's able to do um but yeah it's it still stands up such, yeah. a, such yeah. an awesome song it's definitely the the best track to put as number one, like you said, you know, to introduce what the album is and how they, you know, and, you know, those drums and that guitar riff, like you said, it, it, it's such a great song. I think it should have been a single because I think it would have I think been, so. It could have been almost as big as a hit as Blazing Glory, in my opinion. Yeah. If they had to market it right and they had to put, they could have even put it out, you know, they could have put Blazing Glory out before the movie came out and then put, you know, uh, Billy, get your guns out as it was rolling. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have yeah. been a single, no doubt. And they use this. The only time you hear the song in the movie, one of the two songs during the movie is this is in the end of the credits, I believe. I don't it's think right it's right at the end. Yeah, I think you know you get you get um, you get Blaze of Glory just as the movie's finishing up. It's the the riff kicks in right at the end, and then um, at the end of the credits, uh, Billy, get your guns comes over. Yeah. And it's it's really good live. John did it a couple times during the Destination tour. Did and yeah. The yeah, one yeah. the one performance that I like is uh, the backstage. I think it's it was a barbecue event for VH1. Have you seen that performance? Yeah, I think the uh, I've seen a couple. Uh, I think I have seen that one, but I remember the one at, uh, in London that it, um, it was a Destination anywhere. Um, show and that was one of the ones where where it got played as well um yeah um but yeah i have seen a couple of live versions uh, but that was the one that i remember distinctly was the one in london where he opened the show with uh not fade away uh by the stones and billy get your guns i think came pretty soon after that yeah it's great live um do you have a favorite lyric of the song you like? uh you know in terms of the way that it that it sets up the uh, the movie and the imagery and the whole western theme, I think you know there's a whiskey bottle empty sitting on the bar. Um, yeah, the, yeah, they uh, some organ grinder singing about some sucker moving on. Whores are hanging out waiting to get paid. It's just the because it repeats Billy get your guns all the way through. It's a Billy get your guns. There's a line and there's Billy get your guns. And, but there's so many great lines that are very cinematic and full of imagery. Um, 
but yeah, the, the, it, that to me, it kind of it captures the movie really well. Yeah, it introduces the character, what you know, essentially what this whole movie is about, an album. Yeah. Uh, Mines, they christened you with whiskey, and there's fire running through your veins. Yeah, that's a great one. Just the same, and every night a bullet wears your name. And that that line, and every night a bullet wears your name, because everyone's after him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I really love that's a theme that runs through the album, too. It's, uh, you know, even in its darker moments, it's like, this guy is, he's wanted, dead or alive. (laughs) It's like, it's that. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is Miracle, and this was actually the second single to promote second the album. Yeah. And I, I, I would have to say on um, this whole album, I think this is the probably the best one lyrically. It, this used to be my favorite when I was a kid, this song. But now I have other favorites on the album. But I think this one stands out very well lyrically on the it album. It does. It still does. It has a lot of uh, a lot <laughs> of layers layers to this song. I think. Um, it's it's one that you know could be about the band, could be about John, could be about Billy the Kid. Could it, it, there's a lot of ways to interpret it. Um, I always thought it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I think um, I think he was also writing about himself a little bit. You know, a I, lot. Yeah, the yeah, majority yeah. of of the song I think is about just dealing with what's been dealt. It's about a lot of tragedy. You know, having a lot of weight on your shoulders and just hoping for something better to come your way—a miracle. It's it's that kind of thematic thing that runs through a lot of Bon Jovi stuff, where it's you know that triumph over adversity. It's trying to you know fight against the odds, need a miracle, um, even when you're in your darkest point. There's still hope. You know, that's and that, I think that's something that's it's pivotal to the film in a way. It's like. You know, there's there's no way out for these for Billy the Kid and the Young Guns in the movie. Um, but there's also, at that point, you're probably looking at, you know, John looking at him, looking at himself and his own um, his own position in the world as a. How old was he? Like he wasn't even thirty at this point, and he was the biggest rock star in the world and didn't know where he was going. You know, he was, yeah, uh, that, you know, that left a lot of weight on your shoulders. Yeah. You know, in the song. You know, it's I like always, he's singing to himself, you know, that a penny for your thoughts now, baby. Looks like the weight of the world's on your shoulders. It's like, who is he directing that to? Is it is it the character in the movie or is it himself? And that's one of the, yeah. the, the key things to the song is, you know, you can, is he directing it to... The listener to himself to you know there's a multitude of ways you can you can look at the song it's it's yeah. still one that you know it's why i go back to a lot and it's one that you just can't separate from the video either um the music video too is the music is, video is the I, uh Isham directed that one didn't he i think believe i can directed the blaze of glory video and the miracle video yeah. um but the and, video is so, it's such a great video. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it takes you back to, you know, the photography, you know, was very simple for the album. That and uh, and then, you know, John, his guitar there. Um, and so, you know, that sets the theme of the album and the movie. And then I also think the videos do, too. You know, The Miracle, I think, was filmed in New Mexico. I think it was. I think it was, you know, the, the trip that um, kind of, inspired dry county as well i think you know you where you go on his bike and you rode yeah with dorothy and a bunch of friends and they went 
they went out west and you know, ended up in Mexico and you know at that point but the video itself is just such a celebratory video and you know, yeah it's got Matt LeBlanc out of friends yeah. <laughs> and um you, you know what part gets me it makes me cringe every time I watch it is when they're in the bar and they're doing shots of whiskey I think the shots of the tequila with the worm in it yeah that always made me cringe yeah yeah because yeah. I remember when I was a kid, I got the Crossroads VHS and had all the videos. It had Miracle on it. Yeah. And I'm watching, I'm like, you know, like, I always, like, just every time I watch that, to this day, I see, I feel, oh, what would you do if that slug went down your throat, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, evidently, you know, the, the worm, when it's in the tequila, it, it makes it stronger or, it, you know, uh, yeah, but... It's one of those videos you just, you wish you had to be in there. Wish you could have been in in that kind of environment. Every, yeah. If feeling down, put that video on. It's gonna it's gonna do it. You know, Jeff Beck playing that guitar solo in the uh, bar, and <laughs> and it's it is that whole outlaw thing as well. You know, I think uh, you know the the band rides into town. They drink all the drink the bar dry and then they run out again. I think there's there's that element to it as well. And kind of maybe is a reflection of the whole Bon Jovi experience that they were, you know, that was how they, that was how they had lived. Um, a bunch of outlaws kind of coming into town, doing yeah. what they wanted to do, drinking in the bar, meeting the girls and then driving out the next day kind yeah. of thing. It's, it, it's, yeah. But it's such a beautiful looking video. I think it's, yeah. um, you know, it captures the Western feel of the film, but also it's, and it's a very colorful. Um, it's got some great images in it. Um, yeah. And it's aged pretty well. I mean, you know, you look at the way that a lot of music videos are now, it's, 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 it stands up. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever done this one live, even on the Destination. I think yeah no no. It's a shame because I think it'd do uh, well. Do you have a favorite line in the song? Yeah, to me, I, th I I like the final line in it where he says it it ain't all for nothing. Life ain't written in the sand. Uh, I know the tide is coming, but it's time to make a stand. Um, that that kind of is a is a great a great way to end the song, but it also seems to be about himself and about, you know, the way that uh, the, the, it fits in with the theme of the movie, it fits in with the theme of where he probably was in his own in his own mind at that point. Yeah. Mine, like you just said, too, I think this is, he was writing about himself, too, in this line. He said, I'm just one man, that's all I'll ever be. I can never be everything you wanted from me. I've got plans so big that you blind me, I can see I'm standing in the river, now I'm drowning in the sea. Yeah, I think he was definitely writing about himself there, especially yeah, with yeah. who he was. You know, he became the head of a major corporation and you know the big rock band, and you know it everyone... became that. Yeah, once he fired Doc McGee, and you know the whole it was it was a huge transitional period. Yeah, you know, like that. I never can be everything you wanted from me. I think that yeah. had a lot to resemble the how they were constantly having to tour and promote and. John doing this and John having to do that and just trying to please everybody and you yeah. know yeah yeah 
so at the end of the song too, you you kind of get the intro to Blaze of Glory, you know, and it's apart from the movie, you know, where that you are not a god. Why don't you yeah. find out? And then yeah, at least yeah. Blaze of Glory. So we'll talk about Blaze of Glory now. Uh, so I talked about you know at the beginning of the video about how this album kind of came about that Amelia wanted um, to use Wanted Dead or Alive for the movie. And John didn't think it would fit, so he wrote. Um, so him and I think Emilio uh, Kiefer Sutherland and some other guys—they were in a restaurant. Yeah, there's a great interview recently. I think it was on British radio with Kiefer yeah. Sutherland. He was doing "Blaze of Glory" on a napkin. On a napkin, yeah. While they were all sitting there. And I think this—I think he recorded it like a week later, and it was—it was done. And then he said, "I think John wanted to write a whole album for the movie." And so uh, they did. And if you listen to the song, it's very similar to Wanted. You know, just the the feel of it. It's a cowboy western type rock song. Um, It It starts off with that kind of like slow acoustic sound and then builds. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's a huge hit, you know, despite not being with the band. And one thing that I'm thankful for is that he does it with the band, and the band does it really good. It became I mean, a band song, you know, on the subsequent tours. It became yeah. a, a Bon Jovi song. Um, you know, I think it, the, the band brought a lot to it on the live shows, definitely. Yeah. Isn't Jeff Beck on guitar on this one? I think Jeff Beck is on guitar on, on, on this one. Um, yeah, he plays the solo. And Aldo Nova again is, plays guitar as well as John. Yeah, um, and then have you ever noticed? You know, um, right before the final chorus, uh, with the the drums are broken down. If if you if you ever watched the Madison Square Garden show from the Lost Highway tour when they're playing this song "Blaze of Glory," it almost I, I never realized it until that show, but if speed it up a little bit it's almost the same uh intro to always yeah i'd have to watch that again every time i listen to that on the album i always think that if it's sped up just a little bit it's pretty much the same uh intro to yeah yeah, yeah yeah so but what's what's what, how do you feel about the song uh blaze of glory yeah i mean it's uh say it was the when it first came out it was it was so amazing. I think it's um I could say it's is it as good as one at Dead or Alive? Probably not. Um but it's it's such an epic song. It's it, it, lyrically it, it it's pretty obscure some of the lines in it. Are you, you know, you're going, What what are you singing about? You know, with the oh, yeah. uh yep. Colt in your stable, Kane was the able. Yeah, the, the, there's some there's some funny lyrics in it, but I think it is it's a statement of intent. You know, it's like oh, drunk, yeah. can yeah, any doubt whether he was able to cut it on his own without the band is was pretty much blown up with that song. Um, such a huge, it's just such a huge huge song, huge guitars. Brilliant vocal delivery. Um, you were and, mentioned, uh, and the early. fact that he's, you know, in the the video again, it's it's him laid bare. It's him on his own. Probably, I think you 
what maybe the first time in a in a music video where it's just John on his own and it's him with the guitar standing out with the the background of uh, you know the the American desert. It's such an iconic video. And, um, yeah, it's yeah. filmed in uh, Utah, Utah, and yeah. the scenery is um, yeah the scenery really reflects on the movie, and I love how they have it you know the movie playing on playing the, on the yeah on the screen yeah. Um, but uh, you, you mentioned about earlier, you know, Billy Get Your Guns, how, you know, those lines kind of introduce you to the character. And I really think the lyrics in this song, too, gives you the feel of what it was like to be a cowboy. You know, like that first verse, I wake up in the morning and I raise my weary head. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, it's, it's giving got so much great imagery in it. Yeah. Cowboy just continues on their journey and, and stuff yeah. like that. And another one that's really you know, chilling to me, once you watch the movie and, you know, like the young boy that wants to be a cowboy, he wants to be like Billy the Kid. Yeah. He, that line, you know, you ask me about my conscience and I offer you my soul. Um, you ask me if I'll grow to be a wise man while well, I asked if I'll grow old, you know, because this kid, you know, he eventually ends up dying in the movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that was about that, that young boy. Yeah. Let's see the 15 year old boy that he drove to his grave yeah it's a, it's a yeah. it's a poem lyric definitely yeah yeah and you also mentioned john's vocals i want to touch on that too i mean john's vocals on this song is absolutely out of mind blown yeah, yeah yeah you have a favorite line of, of, of the song uh i think with this one it's um you know you you're looking at uh i'd probably say each night i go to bread uh bed i pray the lord my soul to keep i ain't looking for forgiveness but before i'm six foot deep it's you know it's kind of uh it's a confessional it's kind of it's billy the kid and it, you can see it's it's john reflect on his own kind of mortality but it's 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 got some really great it's got some really great lyrics all through it just some of them are, uh, uh, open to interpretation, put it that way. Yeah. Mine's, uh, you asked me if I've known love and what it's like to sing songs in the rain. Well, I've seen love come, I've seen it shot down, I've seen it die in vain. I just, I love the way he sings that. And ah, uh, the the delivery that that's the thing. There's so much uh, emotion in the delivery, I think, in this song. So, next one is uh, Blood Money, and Blood this Money. is this is my favorite one on the album. And uh, I know that he's done it live a few times with the band. Never been able to see this one live. I'd love to, uh, but I, I truly think that this is the ultimate story, the ultimate song about it between Billy the King or the King, Billy the Kid, and Pat Garrett. So people who haven't seen the movie, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid are, are like best friends, and then eventually Pat Garrett gets paid and promised to be the sheriff or something if he kills Billy the Kid. Yep. It's so, uh, yeah. Blood money is obviously about killing him for a you know ransom. Um, you know, and the line that I love is, "They made you a lawman with with a badge made of silver. They paid you some money to sell them my blood." You know, so it, I I I think it does, it's brilliantly in the way that he sings this song too. There's so much passion and emotion in it. And it's you know a very good broken down song. It's a really stripped down song. And it's also the song that uh, he dedicates to to Bob Dylan and the liner notes. And I think, you know, to fully appreciate 
this album and uh, you do have to kind of give some acknowledgement to the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid uh, yeah. album that Bob Dylan uh, made back in the 70s and I think John took a lot of inspiration from that especially in this song um, and it's uh, yeah and it's a song that it's interesting that it that it is so short. I know there's longer versions out there where it's expanded on, and um, I think there's like a five minute version where yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot more about the relationship between Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. But I think it was a wise choice to strip it back and just to put it on as and just focus on these simple lyrics and the simple um, acoustic version of it. It's such a yeah. And it is, it's about that relationship between Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. It's such a, um, it's about, you know, brotherhood. It's about, and again, the, the, there's duplicitous meanings to it. It could be about the band, it could be about, you know, the blood money. What what are the band, you know, where are the band at? What are they actually, are they selling their souls for the sake of their art? You know, there's, you, you listen to it that way, where he says, uh, Blood money bought and then sold you, but the con- your conscience is all you can take to your grave. It's 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 about that integrity. Is you know is is he singing about where he's at in his own career as well as what relates to the script of the movie as well. It's uh, but it's such a simple song, really well done. Like you say, live. It's I think I think I had it on. I think I was just looking at. The the dry county single. Um, yeah, it's on there. I there was like a uh, few live tracks on. Uh, it's only rock and roll. Walter, Walter Matilda with Tico on vocals and um, on the second disc, um, which I couldn't locate. I think, like, but I think it's it's on that as well. I think yeah. it was a New Year's Eve um, performance where they yeah. played it. So. And, uh, Another great thing too about this uh, one is um, I like how he plays harmonica on this song. Yeah, it's always good to hear the harmonica. Yeah, I thought that was a really <laughs> nice touch to the to the song because um, I think I, I've heard a demo without the harmonica, and it definitely sounds better having the harmonica in this song. Yeah. There's like yeah, five yeah. different, you know, like you mentioned about the five minute one. I think that was a demo, and then there was like three other demos, and so and they're all great. Um, so then let's go to the next one, uh, Santa Fe. And this Santa is Fe. this is truly uh, a fan favorite, at least in the diehard fan base. This is a very, very popular one. And I think John's vocals really stand out in this song. I think they're you know really powerful and it's a very underrated song. It is. I think it's one that probably if you interviews over the years, it's probably one that John Sites is the best song on the album. Um, he, he said that a couple of times that he thinks that's that this is the the best one uh, out of all of them, and it would be hard to argue with that, to be honest, because it's it is such a it's a it's a pretty brilliant song. Um, it's a it's a very dark song. Very dark. My, you know, and it, yeah. I, it, song you know for the movie is all about going to santa fe for war and not asking for mercy because the this, the world is what it is you know it's a very brutally honest song you know it's like my favorite line is i, I blame this world for making a good man evil it's this yeah. world drive a good man mad 
and it's this world that turns a killer into a hero. Why blame this world for making a good man bad? Yeah, and that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um, it's just such an interesting arrangement on the song as well, from um, you know the the strings on it and the. Uh, yeah, I think Alan Silvestri, who did the, um, the the actual, the composing on the um, on the yeah. album that you don't get any of his if if his I think he did the original Young Guns movie as well, um, but uh, I think so. I'd have to double check that. But it's um, it definitely feels cinematic. It's the, the, oh, those yeah. big string arrang- arrangements and. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a one that's, and again, it's one that maybe if I was nitpicking, maybe it's a little bit, you know, it's it, it's so huge that it's maybe a little bit overblown. I, and that would only be, a sl- that would, if I was, if I was actually trying to criticize it, that would be the only thing I would say. That it, maybe it could have been a really good acoustic song as well, but. Oh, that's a good point. I never thought of it acoustic. But for me, he's play, I've heard it live acoustic. He's played it, I think, yeah. on the, on the might have been on the Circle Tour. There was yeah. a few shows where he played it with um, Bobby Bandiera and Dave, and they were just, you know, basically, you know, on some of the tours where they just go and play in the middle of the, they do the acoustic set. Santa Fe kind of came into that. Yeah. Um, which gave it a different kind of, a different feel, a different atmosphere. Um, but yeah, you know, again, that would just be being overly critical because I still think it's it is one of the most underrated songs that John's ever written, and probably one of his best vocal performances that's been recorded. Yep, I agree. It's it's definitely a, a fan favorite. Uh, next one is Justice in the Barrel. And- yeah. So I mentioned as a kid listening to this song, or this album, I'd never seen the movie. So I'm like thinking, what the hell are these? It, the, the voices in the beginning, like the Indian voice and the girl's voice. And I'm like, what the F is this? Yeah. And uh, so then obviously I saw the movie. I, I really, I think my favorite part about this song is the guitar intro. Like, yeah. I think there's, uh, again, this is such an unusual song. Um, and uh, you mentioned the, the 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 vocals from the female backing singers. I think that's one thing about that maybe doesn't get uh, the credit that deserves because they're. I think it's Maxine Waters and um, I think uh, it was three. Julian and, Waters and Myrna Matthews. It's yeah, and the they really bring something, some soul to the to the songs that they appear on. I think they're in Miracle. Um, and bang a drum too. And um, yeah, and yeah, it's a it's such yeah. an atmospheric um, atmospheric song. The especially the opener. I think it's Lou Diamond Phillips that uh, that does the Indian chant at the beginning of it. Is it? If I'm right, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, um, it's very good. Um, the, but I think um, what I love about it, you know, it's the like you said, the guitar. But the, the guitar solo at the beginning, and then the riff that comes in, and then the guitar during the song is 
it's 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 a strange guitar sound but it's a, it's really um it's a song that i go back to and always can it always feels fresh when i listen to it yeah um and it's it is it's one of the songs that are really that's really dark on the album as well i think you guys say that the album does have that celebratory nature but it also does a really good job at getting into the the darker aspects of the character and the psyche and i think that's probably um yeah where john was at as well you know it was a dark period of uncertainty um the, the way that i interpret this song is that you know there's no you know especially in the in the movie and you know the cowboy way there's no justice and justice is in your own hands it's eye for an eye and you only got yourself and your gun to protect you, no law. Yeah. And, you know, there's a line in the, in the song when only justice a man can see is the barrel of a loaded gun. That's your only yeah. consequence for doing something. Um, you know, I, I really like the lyric too. I jumped head first into a bottle. I was looking for a friend, came up, yeah. just nothing. I didn't find the truth, I only found the end. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the lyric I really like is, um, which, always kind of sums up the Billy of the Kid characters where he says, guns talk to me in my sleep at night and a gun uh, somewhere is burning with my name. You know, it's like, Ooh, he, he knows, mm-hmm. yeah, he knows that that, you know, that there's a price on his head that, you know, people are out there looking for him. People are, and you know what? That's probably what John was feeling about him. You know, he was the poster boy, he never had critical success um he was always the target for uh even the band being the biggest band in the world john's always been a a target for critics i think it was you know lines like that it's like him really hitting back um but again it's a it's a it's one of those lines that i think why the album's so underrated is he does such a great job as making it about the character as well as himself you know it's it's uh, it's a it's a i i, I still think um it's it's such an awesome song just as in barrel it's one that i'll go back to time and time and again and just appreciate it technically as well as lyrically it's it's a cracker yeah uh next one's never say die and this yep. one I, I, you know, you're just talking about, you know, John really writing about himself a lot. This one is, I would definitely say he was writing about himself and the band. Um, you know, the song is all about being a pact, uh, and which lyrics about the band, and that John writing about himself. Uh, the one line, there's a line, uh, once I was afraid to, of love, but when it's your brother, those things change because love is another word for trust. You know, yeah. so that's talking about the band there. Have you, have you, you ever listen to this song? Don't you think it kind of resembles "Good Guys Don't Always Wear White"? Good guys don't always wear white, and I think uh, "Blood on Blood" as well. I think there's definitely. Uh, yeah. I, I think I mentioned that to you before a few months ago on uh, Twitter. That uh, yeah. "Never Say Die" always seems like a, a good yeah. um, a companion piece, almost to "Blood on Blood," and that it's about brotherhood. It's about. Um, sticking together through thick and thin and you know it 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 applies to the the young guns in the movie but also the i think it's a it's a nod to the band as well um that yeah that the 
I think Jen recognized that the band wasn't done. And this might have been a kind of a, a little a little way of uh, referencing that. Um, but it's a, it's a, just a great rock song as well. I think this was like one of the last songs that was written for the album too, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. And I really like the drums too. I think the I think the drums is what really stands out to the song for Well, me. the drums on this whole album are great. I mean, Kenny Aronoff's a great drummer. I mean, um, and he he does bring a lot to this album. Um, I'm trying diff- to think of what other bands he worked for, Kenny Aronoff, because he because he's been he Tom Petty in the uh, was it Tom Petty? He's been in, he's done he's done a bunch of things. He's still yeah. working he now. A hired with, guy. Have you seen that documentary? I think wasn't that him? Yes, yeah, yeah. He was. That was that. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's yeah. He's one of those session musos that's played okay. with so many different. Um, yeah, he's been. Uh, uh, John Mellencamp. I was. I said Tom Petty, but John Mellencamp was who he oh, played with yeah. a lot. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, he's a, he's incredible. Um, yeah. And. So. Uh, He's yeah. He's played with everyone from the Smashing Pumpkins to uh, I think he's Jerry Lee Lewis. You know, there's a, he's he's been around the block, and I think he does bring a lot of technical. Um, but like, you know, the interesting thing with this album is like John's. I think John said, despite all the the technical brilliance that these people had, that, that didn't there wasn't that that brotherhood that the band had, you know, maybe, you know, you can bring in all these different, all these different musicians, but it wasn't the same as, you know, um, oh, yeah. yeah, but it's interesting because I think the, you know, the musicianship on this album is top class. Oh yeah. Uh, next one, uh, you really got me now. I think <laughs> this is really fun and it's a shame that this didn't get into the uh, movie. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think it would have been perfect when they were, um, what do you call it, where the whores were in that? What, what What's that called? Uh, like a whorehouse or something like that? Yeah, like a brothel or a bodega. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I don't know why, but I think this song would have fit perfectly in that. It was. I mean, it sounds like something <laughs> from the, the 19th century, you know, that, that you would have heard like a band playing in there. It's, yeah. it's a, it is a fun song. And um, little and little I, Richard on the keyboards. And, I was about you know. to say I love little Richard. Uh, you know, like when you hear um, John in the background, Richard, and then yeah, yeah, and he just plays I, that I, little thing. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's a real cool little song. I really like the line, "Well, you can walk on water, but don't want to wet your feet." And I yeah. I, I think that kind of it, it makes me think of the part you know where I think. Wasn't it Kiefer Sutherland who who took credit for murder, but he didn't do the murder? And I always so I always thought that of of that line to that part of the movie. That, uh, yeah, yeah. There's the Christian Slater character in the uh, sequel that he he keeps getting the shits because he he kills the people, but he, it's always Billy the Kid that's getting the credit for it. He, okay, he, so what, uh, yeah. No, he, I think it was the Christian Slater character. I mean, uh, Arkansas Dave Rudabar, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know whether he's based on a real, on a real guy, but yeah, he was. That was a motif going through the film. Like Christian Slater's character was 
saying you always get the credit for the kill and I was the one who actually killed yeah. you know, the person. Yeah. Yeah, so but my a- favorite line on this one is um, you brought a knife out to a gunfight and you're shouting that I'm dead. My old friend Smith and Wesson think you're in right. over your head. You know, it's just uh, that's just that's just genius lyrics. <laughs> and it's really good too because if you kind of compare this song to the rest of the album, this is definitely the most fun. You know, it yeah. wasn't all about sadness and yeah. This and Billy got your guns. I think are the two that are kind of yeah that that start yeah. out being more about the, uh, the 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 fun side of the of the film and the characters. Yeah. There you go. I think this would be great to if John did this with like his side band, Kings of Suburbia. Yeah, I think it would be this would really be a cool song. fun song to. I think you know if if they if they ripped it out, that you know fans would go would go crazy for it. You know, it's just a, it's a good two three minute quick song, and I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So let's go to the next one, uh, Bang a Drum, and this was drum. this was written by John, obviously, but then. Later on, oh, what was his name? Chris Ledux or something Chris, like that? Chris Ledux or Ledux, yeah. Yeah. And um, he asked John permission to take the recreate it, and it actually features John, and, there, and he's in Chris's music video. Yeah, he, John's think, in the video. He turns up, he, he drives up. Um, it must have been around the time of, was it around the time of Crush? I think John was was definitely, definitely cut his hair off at the time of the video. Yeah. It was ninety. Um, uh, I always think that maybe it was, uh, you know, that that cover version maybe what got John ticking into his head that he could be a crossover into the country market, um, because it was uh, yeah I think it did pretty well. Chris Ledoux, oh, I never say his name, Chris Ledoux or Ledoux, but yeah. he uh, he was a pretty popular country artist. Um, did he pass away? He did pass away. I think he passed away pretty young. Not too long after that was released. Yeah. That's sad. But you know, the, the song I think is all about. It's a code of honor, honoring those who are experiencing hardships. It's similar to a, a prayer. You know, like say a prayer, yeah. bang a drum instead. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The line that I like, and I think it's all about you know being a leader and doing things your way. I don't know where all the rivers run. I don't know how far. I don't know how come. Well, I'm going to yeah. die that each step that I take ain't worth the ground I walk on if we don't walk it our way. Yeah, I, that's cool. the way he delivers that in the song too. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a really cool song, um, and yeah, it's got a real soulful feel to it. And I think again, the uh, the the backing vocals add a lot to this song as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's got like a almost a gospel feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of a maybe a throwback to "Lay Your Hands on Me" or something like that, where it's um, it, it it yeah, it's again you know you look at track by track. There's something different about all the tracks on this album. And this is another one that I love the uh, you know the the line about his brother. Um, called upon my brother just the other day he said i'm gonna die if i don't start live again work each day and like uh, not like clockwork trying to make ends meet i could kick this bad world's ass if i could just get on my feet it's just you know it's just such a killer lyric you know you know you got the potential but you're down on your luck yeah um, yeah 
I also love the ending of the song too. Um, oh, how's it go? It was something too. But uh, but as long as my heart keeps on banging, I got a reason to believe. And the way he sings, yeah. to believe. You know, I think that's a great way to start. And to then end. it's got it's got the the the, the female vocals. Yep. Singing the hallelujahs on the outro as well is yep. yeah, works really well. That's a good yeah. one. Um, yeah. Next one, uh, Dying Ain't Much of a Living. This is probably next to Blood Mind. This is probably the, one of the saddest songs. It's such album. a sad song. There. And it's, I, uh, think it, yeah. um, I think it's really about, you know, because you have that intro too. You, you wrote a 50 year old boy straight to his grave, the rest of us straight to hell. I think it's all about, obviously, that little boy that got killed in the movie the one he wanted to be like Billy the Kid he wanted to be a cowboy and he finally got to go along for the right hand ends up dying um, but it really relates to the movie you know being a young cowboy and just shooting at each other all day and it, it's funny too because Billy the Kid shows remorse for that boy and then that's when he wants to start to seek forgiveness and uh, I think this is I think to sum up the, the entire album you know it, this is the perfect spot to put because technically, if you don't count Guano City, this is a perfect yeah. way to the album because it, it shows is, yeah. that really the kid has remorse and has empathy for this fourteen-year-old uh, kid. And you know, in, in the line, you know, dying ain't much of a living when you're living on the run. That's where Billy the Kid was. He was always on the run, trying to survive and where where to next, and yeah. just avoid to die. You know, what, what's your take on the song? I think it's an amazing song. It's, um, it, it, like you say, it's 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 a very uh, dark, sad song. Um, but it is one that I think it's a perfect way to end the, end the album. Um, and I think having Elton John's vocal on it as well is, is such a... A strong part of the the song as well it's it just it's uh yeah it's it's such a dark lyric for a bon jovi song which is kind of what makes it um makes it stand out i think um i think the real special touch to the song too that adds a lot of dynamic uh is at the end where when john sings na 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 yeah. you know that's kind of how it starts to end the song. I thought that was a really good touch to the song too. And again, it's a and the music video for it is is is, is awesome. Uh, um, the, I don't know who directed it to be honest, but it's got a real. It was to what from what I understand, the music video um, took a lot of inspiration from a short story that was written. Because um, I I think the video came out years later. It was on the Keep the Faith um, video VHS, video yeah. compilation, right. um, but I tried to find out who directed it. But it's a it's a really cinematic video, and it's got this really sepia look to it. It's um, no, the, it's yeah, the, the the visuals don't really correlate to the lyrics, but it's it's kind of um, the, in the video. It's about a guy who's um, on the run from the war, and he's got a kid, and um, the cops are chasing. And at the end of the video, it's it's him hanging off a bridge. Obviously, he's killed himself, and it's just like, whoa, this is dark shit. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah, 
I haven't seen that video in a long time. I know it's on the. I have to watch that later. Um, yeah, have a look at it because it's it's got this really strange color palette. It's like a separate yeah. color palette to it. And, I, uh, I've, I've seen it many times. I just I know that John's not, and it's kind of like a lot of people forget that there is a music video to it because it doesn't. Yeah, happen. yeah. I don't uh, think it was. It wasn't officially released as a single. It just yeah, the video just came out. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you said, because I think it, it came from a short story somewhere else, and I think someone got John's permission to make a video out of it. Yeah, yeah. Put on the Keep the Faith thing. But I, I don't think it was really on VH1 or MTV back then, no, right? I, 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 I don't think, yeah, I don't think it did. I think the first time I probably seen it was on that Keep the Faith compilation. Um. My favorite line is, but the night's there to remind me of the guns in the early graves. The ghosts appear as I fall asleep to sing an outlaw serenade. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. What's your snake bite. Yeah, snake bite's not my enemy, but it taught me how to fight. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, how about turning a, a bad thing into a, into a positive, you know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, I think John's vocals on this tour are just so good. You know, like uh, that line was spirits, they intoxicate me. You know, yeah, I love the way that he. Uh... Is that the right song? Uh, that's in Santa Fe, but yeah, that's, it's a similar yeah, vocal delivery on this. That earlier. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's yeah. But, uh, but anyway, the vocals in Dying Ain't Much Living is really good too. Yeah, um, the vocal's great. And he, he, it, it's. Um... Yeah, the way he uh, harmonizes with Elton John on it as well is is pretty pretty cool. And, yeah. and, and again, the guitar, it's just this really mournful guitar sound. It's, um, you know, it's kind of like a wail in a way. It's, it's, it's just got a great yeah. atmosphere to the song. Um, yeah. Uh, a very dark way to end the album, but uh, I think it, it, it's a... One thing about the album, I think, you know, to sum up, it's it's one that it, it's very underrated um, from a critical point of view. But I think fans realize what a what a great album it is. Yeah, um, it, John it's, being see, the yeah, John being the main the principal. Well, he writes all the songs, but also it's a very coherent album. I think from start to finish, there's a because it is. You know, I think John said if he if he was writing a solo album per se, like he did with Destination Anywhere, the the, the themes would have been broader. But yeah, I, I start think, to finish. It's a very right. I think one of the the great things about this album and Destination Anywhere is, and even with Richie's solo albums or David's solo album, uh, you really get to see their artistic style. You get to see yeah. They kind of bring to the table to the band, and uh, it was really good. I, I always thought Destination Anywhere was one of John's most open albums that he's ever written. And I, I yeah. think, I think when he's with the band, he kind of has a wall of what he can put out and not absolutely, but yeah, yeah. So albums, he goes right through it. Um, but we can't forget about Guanas. I feel like we have to at least mention Guanas. There isn't really much there to talk about. Well, I mean, that's it, Guanas. And like the a lot of the the 
it's a shame that the album only had that from Alan Silvestri on it because there's quite a few other um if you watch a movie his um his score is 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 really cool throughout the film yeah. and it doesn't feature on the album but it's a I think at the it does it's a it's a really exciting uh, orchestral piece i think um you know, it's a, it's short it's sharp but it's um yeah, it's, it, it's a cool way to, to round it all off. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of would like, you know, I always, I don't really listen to Guana City. I know it's, it's good and stuff. I just, you know, it doesn't really have anything to do with fun. I don't know. But I always thought that Ain't Much of a Living would have been a perfect way to end the album, too. Because in, in, a, in a dark way, you know, as, as we talked about how dark that song is, I think it would have been a great way to kind of end yeah. the album. But... You know, because that pretty much sums up what the end of the movie is about. You know, you realize that you're it's time to go and yeah, stuff like that. But anyway, so yeah, it's a great album, and uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, it's still one that, like I said, it's I go back to it regularly because um, it's got what's it's your got favorite track? To it. If I had to pick a favorite track. Ooh, you know, um, I'd probably be I'd probably be torn between Miracle and Santa Fe, to be honest. Yeah, Miracle and Santa Fe. Okay, yeah, those are those are good ones. Um, yeah. So, well, anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, it was great to chat with you about That's the funny. album and the movie. Um, and I hope you stay safe over there, and uh, we'll chat soon, buddy. Yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Look after yourself, mate. You Take too. Care.